You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. And yourself? Doing better? I'm certainly better than I was the last time we spoke. I am out of isolation. Good. And um, uh, yeah, I'm w- ready to return to society after my 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 brief exile. On a semi-serious, now I don't be too serious, but I mean, I am still feeling a little bit sort of certainly like congested and a bit, you know, a bit bit a bit rough. A li- not jaded. that rough. Jaded. That's a very good word. Mm. Um, and 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 with that in mind, even though apparently I'm allowed to sort of you know go out and do everything everybody else can now because I've been in isolation for ten days, I, I I don't think that that's necessarily the best thing that I can do, um, because there is still the the risk that I might be able to you know I don't I wouldn't want to pass any germs on. So um, I don't you know I don't profess to sort of extend my exile from Tool Station Western League football mm-hmm. for any longer than I absolutely have to. But, um, you know, I'm not going to be sort of bouncing out to, to any midweek games certainly, <laughs> um, uh, this week. So, um, so yes, there we go. Anyway, but that's my, my personal choice. Right then, on, uh, this week, on this week's episode of the, uh, of the podcast, we speak uh, to, to two managers. We speak to Clem Benelic, the uh, manager of Ilfracombe Town. They had a very impressive win uh, on Saturday. And we also um, speak to Ryan Child, the manager of Radstock Town. Uh, slightly less impressive win, probably, for, for Radstock, but they're, um, they're doing some very good work towards the top of the, uh, of the first division table. They're one of those sides that's um, very much in the mix for the playoffs. Um, and uh, very interesting to hear the comments of, um, of Ryan um, about where his side are at, at the moment. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, we'll have a look at the. We'll have a look ahead to the fixtures, of course, as well, and we will be having a brief look at the uh, at the tables. Um, but um, uh, we will kick things off, Tom. Uh, looking at the games played on Saturday, the 29th of January, and we're going to start in Bitten, where the visitors were Exmouth Town. Yeah, uh, well, pretty impressive win this one for Exmouth, four-one. Uh, uh, it was eventually uh, in their favour, and it was Jordan Harris who, uh, yeah, was very much uh, uh, the star of the show. He ended up scoring a hat trick for the away side. He's among the top scorers this season. He's a name that has cropped up quite a bit, and uh, yeah, it was a well. He was pretty much the spearhead behind their big win. Um, they did actually fall behind to a, a Luke Bryan goal uh, in first half stoppage time, so Bitten did lead. Uh, but uh, yeah, ten minutes after the interval, Harris got them back on level terms, and they didn't really look back from them. Uh, that was a penalty that he scored to to make it one all. Uh, ben Steer then uh, put them in front for the first time uh, before Harris then, yeah, obviously struck twice more, uh, completing the turnaround and, uh, yeah, giving them the big away win. So Exmouth running out four winners at Bitten. Yeah, an impressive result. Um, the next game uh, really was a very eye-catching um, scoreline. Um, Ilfracombe Town against um, Helston Athletic. Uh, a good three-figure game mm. for this one, Tom, and um, they will, well, they, they, they'll have seen nine goals. Yeah, yeah they would have. Uh, not... Not, not shared between the sides, definitely not. Seven of them coming for the home side. Uh, big, big win for Ilfracombe. And another side that won big despite going behind pretty early. Uh, Stu Bowker uh, heading Helston in front. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty much as good as it got for them. Uh, Ilfracombe um, quickly quickly scoring three goals to completely turn the game on its head. Jack Langford, uh, Harry Stevens, and Liam Shaw all getting on the uh, on the score sheet pretty, pretty quickly, as I say, to make it 3-1. Uh, Craig Veal then uh, scored a penalty pretty early in the second half to threaten a fight back again for the visitors. So obviously that made it 
made it free to at the time. But yeah, uh, the, the last quarter definitely belonged to the hosts. And uh, yeah, they were pretty un, uh, untouchable. Uh, Scott Huxtable heading home uh, to put them put them four to up, and then Stevens scoring twice more. So another another hat trick here on Saturday afternoon. Harry Stevens that was uh, for Ilfracoom. Uh, and then uh, yeah, he's, his goals pretty much made it game set and match. And then Joe Barker firing home a seventh uh, to complete the route really. So it was a, a really good afternoon for Ilfracoom. It certainly was. And, of course, we get to enjoy the footage that's produced by Pirin Films of the uh, the Helston Games, and I think that the uh, the Ilfracoon town fans will be dining out on that one uh, for quite some time. It's really, really good package, um, again, from Pirin Films. But one of the things I found actually most um, sort of eye-catching was the, um, was the post-match interview um, that Dave Gibbons did with Steve Massey. And, I mean, it was like, it was like Frost Nixon, it was. I mean, it was... <laughs> was peering into poor old Steve Massey's soul. If I didn't have COVID, I'd have, I'd have wanted to give him a hug. But um, um, anyway, blimey, that was um, yeah, some watch if you get a chance. It's all on, it's all on social media um, if, you, uh, if you can go and find that. But um, anyway, that's enough talking about Houston. Let's talk about Ilfracoon. What a result that was. So uh, we spoke to their manager earlier this season on the podcast, and I thought this was a great opportunity to get them back on again. Clem Benelic doing some, um, some really good work, Ilfracoon, um, prowling around at the top of the um, of the Tool Station Western League table, but we started our, uh, our our conversation by reflecting on that on that game, and, and I asked Clem whether that was his side's best performance this season. Yes, in some aspects, I would say it probably it probably was, um, but in, in in a way, we dug deep at times. But actually, I think we just we blew them away with. Some you know great counter-attacking football. We, we did the basics really, really well. Um, I was absolutely delighted with the way we, you know, we, we responded after going one nil down. But also in the second half, the the worst thing we could do is come out and and have a slow start, and that's exactly what we did. So it was great to to respond at those two big moments, and sometimes that's that's the most important thing to do. Um, so yeah, in some aspects, I would say it was up there with one of our best, but. In another way, I would say, actually, we did the basics just really, really well. And, and our sort of front three, front four players were, were, were absolutely on fire again. And, and yeah, they at times tore the opposition to pieces, which was, which was great to see. I mean, I've watched the highlights um, from Pirin Films probably not as many times as you have. Um, but it, it was it was a fascinating game to watch uh, for the neutral because it, it, it felt to me that, that perhaps the conditions were a factor on the day. I mean, you were there, obviously. I mean, what, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, again, fantastic um, coverage from Pyramid Films. I thought it was brilliant. And it, like you say, I've watched it a few times. It's great to sit down Sunday morning and, and have a watch. Um, yeah, and I think the, the conditions played maybe a little bit of a part. But again, as I say to everyone, both teams... You know, played on that pitch for ninety minutes, and it was the same for both. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think they would look for any excuses in that sense. I think we maybe played it a little bit better in the sense that we knew exactly what we were going to get from the pitch at times, and we had to play a little bit quicker, get out of certain areas. Um, but also, it's just sometimes the, the way we play. Sometimes we set up to, to try and counter teams, so we knew that if they did open up, it would be dangerous for them because we would counter quickly and, and we'd get in behind and, and that's what we did. We got the ball out wide brilliantly. Our fullbacks and our wide players put in some fantastic balls and, you know, like you say, in those conditions when the pitch is a little bit heavy, it's it's tough for centre-backs to get turned and, and sort of recover um, and, and, you know, defend their box and their area. So, yeah, I, I was delighted with the way we played and the way we played the conditions, like you say. 
When Helston got their second goal, um, they brought the scoreline back to 3-2. And, it, and, I mean, from that point on, it could have been a very different game. I mean, did you panic at all? Uh, I wouldn't say panic. Um, I do think, you know, football is a is a game of fine margins and, you know, lots of things can change in, in, in football. And, you know, if you score that chance, then potentially the game goes differently and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was one of those where fine margins can change a lot. But we didn't panic because I think... You almost plan for those sort of situations as much as you don't want them to happen. You, you, you do almost plan for those situations where you either then really shut up shop or you open back up again and you go, look, actually, we, we were in this position. We were free one up for a reason because we opened up and we were so good going forward. Um, so, so we just decided to do that again. And actually, I keep saying to the lads, it's as simple as if you've got a solid foundation, um, and then you've got flair players that can win you games, then we'll win football matches at this level. And sometimes you can shut up shop and stop the opposition from scoring, especially when you're 3-1 up. But as soon as they scored to make it 3-2, we just needed to go bang. Let's, let's open up again, play with a bit of freedom, enjoy it like we do always. And, and yeah, it got us back right on top. And we were, we were you know, deadly in the end. So that win and, and the win away at Street, that's given you a bit of a... Uh, a, a lift, um, but there have been a few draws, <clears throat> and of course there was that defeat to Canesham. Um So, what have you made of your form over the past couple of months? Yeah, again, I, I think you have to approach every game differently. And you know, like you say, we went to Ashton and Blackwell and drew one-one. And to be honest, we were probably um, lucky in the end to get a point because they had a great chance late on, and they, and they nearly scored it. Um, I think they went down to nine, then we went down to ten. So it was just it was a bit of a crazy game, but. You know, you, you go there and, and, again, the conditions, it was heavy. The pitch was, um, I, putting it politely, I would say, you know, a little bit, um, I don't know how to describe it, really. It was it, it was different. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we had we had to adjust to it. And to be honest, it took us way too long to adjust to it. And, um, yeah, we, we nearly got punished. So I actually look at that result and think, actually, that was a great result. Uh, a good point there because, you know, since then, I think they've beat Marisol, they've drew with a couple of half-decent teams as well since. So, so yeah, every game's different. Um, we almost ripped the, the Canesham game off in a way afterwards because we, we tried to play the Astro and, and unfortunately we, we just didn't. Um, they played it brilliantly. Um, fair play to them. I thought, you know, from, you know, their full-backs forward, they, they, they created chances constantly, whereas we were just hitting you know, people's heads constantly and they were winning the first balls and we just couldn't really get into our rhythm. So, yeah, I think every game is is a tough one. Um, but I've been really pleased with our form because before that Canesham game, I think it was six or seven unbeaten with some real good wins in there again. And then, like you say, we went to street um, with a couple of knocks, three or four, you know, of our starters missing and, and we brought a couple of young lads in who did brilliantly well, including Dan Priest, 16-year-old that played centre-back and, and he was superb. Um, and yeah, and, and we got through the game fantastically well and then, obviously, I don't think anyone was expecting that result Saturday. I was very confident we'd win the game, but I certainly wasn't expecting that. Um, so again, we're just playing with all that freedom and, you know, we're absolutely buzzing. So sometimes you put all that together and the combination you get is is a positive outcome. I mean, you've had lots of different experiences by the sound of it, certainly since you, um, you know, since the season started. Uh, are you still on a learning curve about what it's like to play in the Western League? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Myself personally, yeah, 100%. Um, And the team, because, you know, there are a lot of the team that haven't played at this level before. There are some that have, um, but... Like I say, every every game is a challenge and, and, and it's exciting and that's what's nice about it is that, you know, no game is a given. Um, you go to every single place and you have to be at your best else you can get punished. So we're really, really enjoying the challenge and, and it's great that, you know, we've had really nice welcomes to every club we've been at um, and I like to think they get the exact same thing here. Um, and, that, and at the end of the day, it's, we've got a great group of lads and, and we really enjoy it and that's what it's all about. So I think sometimes... You've got, I've got a team that are hard-working and, you know, they'll give everything for each other and for me and for the shirt. So that's probably worth 10, 15, maybe even 20 points a season. So we might not technically, on paper, people might say we're not the best team in the league. But we, I think on our day, we can certainly beat anyone because, like I say, those sort of non-negotiables of working hard and, you know, giving everything for each other is so, so important. Well, you're handily placed at the moment. You're fourth in the table. I mean, what are your ambitions for the rest of this season? <laughs> yeah, we are. And, and to be fair, again, you know, at the beginning of the season, we, we, we started with take the pressure off ourselves and just, just let's see where we are at Christmas and then judge it. And I've tried not to put too much pressure on the boys and say that, you know, this is where we could finish or, you know, that can happen. But actually, I've just said that, you know, of course we want to aim as high as we can. But we've got to remember it's our first season in this Western League and, you know, where we are at the moment, I would say with the resources we have compared to to some of the teams, I would say we're probably punching above our weight. But that is fantastic and that is what we want to do. So, yeah, long may it continue and hopefully we can keep pulling off some some really good, strong results. And I think if if we were to win tonight against Salt Ash at home, then we could go up to third. but it seems like anyone can beat anyone and lots of teams are dropping points. So you never know, really. Um, but we certainly haven't said, look, this is exactly where we want to finish or, you know, that's the aim of the goal. We've just tried to, as a group, go, look, let's be realistic, um, but keep pushing on. Uh, one team that doesn't drop too many points is Tavistock, of course. Um, they're going well at the top of the table. Do you, do you think that the championship is, is, is theirs? Uh, I wouldn't say it's theirs, no. Um, I I got a lot of respect for Stu. I think he's a great manager. Um, We played them twice early on in the season, actually, and and they beat us both times, and and deservedly so. Um, It is a bit of a shame, because I do think, you know, we've changed as a team a little bit. We have developed, and I like to think we'd give them, you know, a bit of a better game than we did home and away. Um, But no, because I think, you know, I'm sure Stu would say the same, that they're certainly not home and dry. Um, I think he'll be looking at, you know, making sure his team don't get complacent and keep doing what they're doing. Um, but yeah, you've got Mausel who are right behind them. You've got Bridgewater. You've got a lot of clubs there that, you know, even Salt Ash, who is currently sitting 12, if they win their games in hand, they can go right up to sort of fourth or fifth, I think. So yeah, it's really, really open, but it makes such a, such a, you know, exciting season. And I think for, for neutrals and for people that are involved with clubs, it just makes it so much more of a, you know, spectacle to, to have it so open and have it so competitive at right at the top of the league. So you've mentioned it's Saltash up next, and then it's a trip to Clevedon Town. Those are going to be two difficult games, but I think positive results in those matches could send um, quite a message to the rest of the league. You, you perhaps wouldn't be going under the radar anymore. No, exactly. And uh, I think, you know, we, I keep saying to the lads about, you know, these messages we're sending out and how important it is to, to send these messages out. But, um, you know... It, 
it's one of those where every game is, like I've said, is, is a massive challenge. Clevedon away again is is a tough one, and they seem to have you know been on really good form lately. Um, I think maybe they've brought in one or two new faces, and 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 they seem to be to be very strong, especially at home. So um, we'll approach it obviously with caution as always, and try and make sure we set up as, as strongly as we can. And yeah, again, I keep going back to that point, but enjoyment, enjoying it, and you can probably see from the lads' faces on Saturday. Every time we score a goal, everyone celebrates, everyone goes crazy, everyone enjoys it, and and that for me is the most important thing. And when you're enjoying it, you win. When you win, you enjoy it. So I think it's um. That's sort of the the main aim to to do both, of course. But I think they do definitely link together. So yeah, the next two or three will be will be very important. Um, but it's 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 the same as what I've said to the boys throughout the season. I keep breaking it down into sort of micro seasons or, or mini seasons, and just saying that you know these next three or four are massive. But you keep saying it because every single game is is a huge one, and every single game is up for you know three points up for grabs. So yeah, we'll approach it the same. And my thanks to Clem for his time. Now, our next goal and our next game probably wasn't quite so eventful as, as that last one. Not quite as many goals, but intriguing nonetheless. Our league leaders, Tavistock, travelled to Canesham Town, which is never an easy place to go. And that's exactly how they found it on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Drawing a blank uh, for the first time in yeah, quite a while, I think. Um, yeah, they're usually yeah, pretty, pretty hot shot um, in front of goal, aren't they? But uh, yeah, a nil-nil draw away away at Canesham might not be a, a result that jumps off the page but it's yeah it's pr- pretty meaningful I think um yeah having their their gap at the uh, top cut slightly by the by the chasing pack you know, the Devonians yeah struggling to struggling to break down the Canesham side that had a had a red card during the second half as well so um yeah all credit to Canesham really for holding out and there was a there was a big moment uh, Josh Grant having a penalty for the for the away side, uh, but that that wasn't able to beat Seth Locke in the Canesham goal. So a standout performance from him as well, uh, keeping the Lambs at bay. And uh, yeah, it was a nil nil draw that I think Canesham will be pretty happy with, considering the uh, yeah the red card they suffered as well. So a good result for them and two points drop for Tavistock. Lockdown at Canesham. Mm-hmm. You think of that? There we go. Perfect. <laughs> keeping that got COVID on the brain. I was going to say right. it's meaningful. Yeah. Uh, And our final game uh, on Saturday, the 29th of January, uh, is at Mausel, uh, where they take on Devon rivals Buckland Athletic. And this was, uh, well, plenty of goals in this one as well, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really a fast start that really helped Mausel in this one. There were two goals up at Trungle Park inside seven minutes. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. uh, As I say, flying out the blocks. Talon Mitchell. Uh, scoring the second uh, after Hayden Turner had scored inside the opening minute, so uh, yeah, they really did. Uh, yeah, catch catch Brooklyn a bit cold, I think, in that one. Two goals up. Uh, Ollie Applin uh, pulled a goal back for the visitors towards the end of the first half, uh, but Josh Otto struck pretty soon after to make it three-one. I think that might be your name of the day. Uh, but as I say, Mausel three-one up at that point. Um, Rob Farkins did strike from long range about 12 minutes from time or so, uh, from yeah, well outside the area uh, to make it three-two. Uh, but Mazel managed to managed to hold on, uh, so claiming maximum points and uh, yeah, moving moving up the table a little bit up into up into third spot. What was that name again, Tom? We got Josh Otto O double T O. My best friend's son's called Otto. Well, there we go. There we go. Excellent stuff. Well done, that man. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. 
Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Right then, um, moving on into the first division, and we kick things off at Almondsbury uh, on the banks of the M5. Um, with uh, the, well, Almondsbury were at home; they entertained Oldland Abertonians. We know that they've been going quite well this season. There's plenty of goals in this game, Tom. Yeah, there was, uh, and a, a terrific fight back from the hosts, um, managing to give them the the three-two win eventually. Uh, they did make a yeah another team that made a made a fast start. Uh, Greg Parr firing them ahead uh, from long range inside the opening opening couple of minutes or so, uh, but it was uh, yeah quickly quickly turned on its head this game. Oldland going two-one up. Uh, goals from Aaron Mansfield and Andrew Nash, pretty quick succession. Um, yeah, putting the Abbots in, in, in control. And they had a, a perfect opportunity to go 3-1 up just on the cusp of half-time. Uh, but Neil DeLuca, or DeLucia, sorry, had a, had other ideas. Uh, saving a spot kick from Craig Parsons to, to keep it at 2-1. So obviously that, that proved crucial, didn't it? Um, Almondsbury, yeah, really really using that as a fill-up in the second half, I think. And yeah, pushed on. Uh, Harry, Henry Greenbury scoring from close range to, to level the scores five minutes into the second half. So that obviously... Set up a, a pretty decent uh, second half for, for the fans in attendance. Uh, yeah, and then the decisive goal coming 10 minutes from time. Uh, and it was for the host, obviously, Alex Cumming, uh, managing to just about get a flick on the ball and uh, completing the, yeah, pretty memorable turnaround. So a pretty good result for, for Almondsbury. Yeah, hats off to them. Uh, now, one side that's been on a very impressive run of form recently is Warminster Town. And that continued on Saturday when they travelled to Bristol Telephones. Yeah, absolutely. They're, yeah, they're going great guns, aren't they? One of the one of those teams that have, um, yeah, really found form at the right time. Uh, a three 0 win for them away at the phones. Uh, a couple of goals for Martin Johnson, one in either half, uh, and Ian Jeffrey coming up from the back to to score a third. So yeah, good good afternoon again for for Warminster away at the Bristol Telephones. A three 0 win for them. Three goals also at Southfield's Recreation Ground, where Radstock Town took on Cheddar. Yeah, it's a, a really good win for. Radstock, this one a 2 1 victory uh, for them over, over Cheddar and just about managing to, to hold on to, to gain maximum points. And yeah, a bit of a six point, put eight points between the two sides now. Uh, both both going pretty good uh, towards the top of the table at the moment. But it was, as I say, Radstock who, who ran out victors. Morgan Skip, uh, he was the major contributor in this one, uh, received the ball from James Rustle uh, before firing home just before half time to, to put them ahead. And with about four minutes or so left on the clock, uh, yeah, he managed to score another one. Um, and that was obviously the, the two-goal lead that Bradstock probably were looking for, for for much of the second half, just to, to put them at ease a little bit. And it was, yeah, it proved important. Cheddar going straight back up the other end pretty much after conceding uh, and scoring from the spot through Rick Bennett. So obviously that set up a, a frantic couple of minutes, but uh, uh, Radstock did manage to, to hold out and, uh, yeah, claim the 2-1 win at home to Cheddar. Well, Radstock going well there, even if it was the late, late show. And um, I thought it was a good time to get back in touch with Ryan Child, the manager of Radstock Town. Um, and uh, we reflected on that finish to uh, to Saturday's game. And I asked Ryan whether he was worried that his side were destined to throw away all three points. Uh, yes, we we were comfortable there for, I would say, whatever it was, 88 minutes. And then rush of blood to the head by one of our defenders who decided that it was all a bit too too comfortable and wanted to give me a heart attack and he one of the more reckless challenges i've seen all season to be honest with you i don't know what he's thinking and um anyway yeah so those last five minutes the pressure was on but luckily the lads uh pulled through perhaps a little bit closer than you would have uh liked but i mean 
before the game, sort of Cheddar are one of those sides that had been going really well um, this season. They do they do seem to have tailed off. Their form does anyway. It seems to have tailed off in the last couple of months. So what did what did you make of them? I thought that we we managed the game a little bit better against them. Um, we've made a couple of tweaks structurally to the team. And whether or not that had anything to do with the game or they have just tailed off slightly, I'm not sure. But, you know, they've got some pretty good players in there. And and the thing with the Western League is, you know, you just, it's about consistency, isn't it? And, you know, I, I thought that they were probably less of a threat, um, but I can't really speak for other games. So I'm not really sure what, what they've been doing in, in the other fixtures that they've had. Um, but individually, they have got some really good players, really good central midfielder and a, and a really good front man as well. Um, so if we look at the league table, there's quite a gap between you in fourth and the top three. Do, do you think this is going to end up being a three-horse race? Well, that's really difficult because it was a one-horse race for an awful long time. And and we were right in the mix with the teams now that are, are high, uh, Warminster, Sherborne and Wincanton, up, up till Christmas. Had a bit of a blip at Christmas and lost to Wincanton and Sherborne. And so we've kind of fallen back. So, but it only kind of takes two games before you're kind of back in sight again. So I'm not really sure. I mean, we, from our perspective, the players are really positive. They're really enjoying their football. Again, we've, we've made a couple of tweaks structurally that have shored us up a little bit and the players have really bought into that and that credit to them. You know, the credit is all down to them. They've, they've played really well. So, you know, we'll see. I think we've got our targets and we're just going to keep plugging away. So if one of those teams does slip up, then we, you know, we're going to get into the mix. The other thing I would say, and, and again, I've said it to the players, is because of the way the playoffs are this year, if you're second or you're fifth, it makes absolutely no difference. So you just have to focus on what you think will get you into those playoff positions and then go from there. Because if you know, it doesn't really make any difference if we finish second, um, you'll still go into a playoff. So you don't you have to win it. That's a very interesting point, actually, and I'd like to come back to that uh, in a minute. But um, I'm going to take you back to that Wincanton game because you started 2022 in the worst possible way with that heavy defeat at home to Wincanton. Do you think that looking back on it, that's been a factor in the fact that you've gone four games unbeaten? Were you able to take something from that game? Massively. Yeah, massively. Um, we made a decision that we were going to have to change the shape of the team if we we're going to be able to compete with those teams. Well, we'd beaten Sherborne earlier in the season, but they they kind of had stepped up, I think, a level. They kind of, they become a bit stronger as the season had gone on. And we were playing at what is essentially a kind of 4-2-4. Four, four. Um, and so we were having results where we would beat Wells 7-1, but then we would beat odd down 4-2, and then we would get absolutely hammered by Wincanton and also Sherborne. Um, because we were so open, so we was we were just about trying to get a bit more control out of the out of the games that we were playing. And Wincanton and the Sherborne game, it was like right, let's let's kind of go for broke here. If we're going to have any point to our season, which is to get to the playoffs, if we're actually going to compete when we get there, let's work on something a little bit different that gives us a bit more of a chance. Um, in that run of four games, there was, of course, the rescheduled Coalfield Classico. And um, it's certainly built up to your billing as the biggest game at this level. Um, you were denied in the 93rd minute. There was more drama there than Downton Abbey. Uh, 
yeah, what to say about that, really? It was one of those ridiculous games where you come away from it. We had 10 men for 80 minutes. And, and when our man got sent off, you know, if someone had said, look, you're, you're going to get a two tool draw here, I would, I would have said, yeah, okay, fine, we'll take the point. But then in the 90th minute, obviously, you know, we, would, we absolutely dominated the game with 10 men. They didn't really have a sniff until right at the end where they, where they started putting some pressure on for, you know, the last 10. So we were absolutely gutted to get the draw, particularly because it was Welton, particularly because there was a lot of people at the game. But, um, but again, it just showed, you know, the slight tweaks that we've made and, and, and the players' attitudes, you know, has worked in terms of competing with teams at the top. So there's so many positives to take out of that game. And, and we just, you know, we took the point and we just move on. Now, I'm going to take you back to a point you were making a bit earlier about the playoffs. It doesn't matter whether you finish second or fifth. The playoffs for us in the first division, well, I mean, in the Western League, um, but in the first division, obviously, which is what we're talking about, are a new thing. They're a new phenomenon, although we are familiar with the concept from obviously watching professional football. And it does seem that a team that finishes second or a, finish, a team that, that, that just misses out on automatic promotion, there can be... Uh, a lag it can it can be a sort of depressing effect whereas a team that goes on a run and manages just to squeeze in um to the last place can have a bit of momentum I, is there anything in that or do you think that actually over the next few seasons we're just going to have to learn to suck it and see we're just going to have to see how how this how this takes shape well i, th- I just you know that's just the nature of it isn't it it's it's exactly the same with like penalties you know no one's going to say really that that's a fair way of ending a game if somebody holds on for 90 minutes and scrapes a nil-nil where the other teams hit the bar four times and then that team ends up losing on penalties. You know, that's not someone you're not going to say that's exactly fair, but that's that's just the way the sport is. You have to decide it somehow, don't you? So um and I think this year with the first division as well, it, it look at you know it's gonna those top three, if say they don't drop points, you know, they'll be two and then throw in first, second and third. So it's going to be, it is going to be difficult for that, for those two teams probably that don't get in. Um, but then that means also that the team that gets promoted, I wouldn't rule us out as well, because if they do slip up, I, I have a feeling we're going to be right up there. Um, but whoever does win that that league, they are going to deserve it, because it is going to be one hell of a, one hell of a battle, one hell of a run. You're going to have to win probably all of your games. Um, someone's probably going to do that. So, you know, and then and then the playoffs. You know, for me, it's a brilliant occasion um, where it's another opportunity for players to play in big games um, rather than the, the the season just to kind of fizzle out. You know, it was a it was a great occasion against Wellington the other day, and we want to play in as many games as that as possible. And if that means a playoff game, hey, with Wellington, I mean that would be that would just be brilliant. It'd be brilliant for the league. You know, so I'm actually a, a fan of it. But then again, we're in fourth, so I would say that. <laughs> I know we can't really do this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you look beyond the playoffs or even automatic promotion, <clears throat> can have you considered life outside of the first division? Have you considered whether what that might mean for Radstock Town Football Club if you were to be promoted into the Western League Premier Division or even the possibility of being moved out into another league? Well, yeah, we've considered it. The, the club have talked about it, and it's a, it's definitely something that the club are aiming for. Whether that's this season or next season, or just in, you know, that's the goal of the club is to not be in the first division, is to be out of it. 
um, and is to push the club forward, not just to the next division, but to the division after that. You know, there's people behind the scenes that are working really hard to upgrade the ground and they've done that, you know, brilliantly in the last kind of 12 to 18 months and they're not looking to stop. So we have to match that on the pitch. You know, we've just got a really good um, reserve team manager who's come up, come in um, and he's just building a, a really interesting team and bringing some players in. Um, the 18s, we've got seven players that start in the first team. Um, that came up through the under-18s at Radstock, which is brilliant. And we wanted them to now go to the next level. And I, I think all of them can. I think all of them can play at a higher level, to be honest with you. So, um, And actually, we've got one lad who's who's been with us all season, who's from uh, the 18s, who's 17. Um, so that's eight in the squad that have all come up through Radstock Town's kind of system which for a Western League team is pretty good. Um, and particularly if you're kind of in that top bit of the league. So, yeah, the club have thought about it. You know, the players are up for it, the staff um, and the volunteers behind the club. So, you know, you, you've got to do that. Um, you've got to do it on the pitch, haven't you? You certainly have. Now, um, I know from our previous conversations that player availability has been sort of one of your bugbears this season. Um, so if I could grant you one wish between now and the end of season to give you sort of the best chance of being competitive right up until the final day, what would that be? Oh, you'd get me back. I think that would probably help. Just to have a... Just to, that'd probably absolutely destroy us, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I'd just fall out of everybody. I think just having everybody fit and available. I had, we had a good chat with the chairman, actually, um, and Dave Wilkinson, who's on the committee after the game Saturday. And I said, you know, we've, we've probably got the players that we need now um, for the rest of the season. We're, we're looking at one other player um, potentially to bring in. But we've been quite quiet about the business that we've been doing and just kind of getting on with it. And so if we can keep everybody fit and available... And have a good crack and just at the end of the season just say look we, we we've had a real good go here um and i think we'll be happy with that and wherever we we come we come you know right well let's get back to matters on the pitch you've got tetherington what rocks away on wednesday now that that's a midweek game which always brings its own challenges but it's not a ground that you'll have visited before uh they and, and it, you only narrow narrowly beat them up at southfield so how are you feeling about that game Actually, we have been up there, Ian, because this is the game that we went to where the floodlights failed. So, oh. although it's, yeah, so it says we haven't been there, but we have. And There's our, another uh, one from the outtake show. Yeah, well, one of our players got um, got sent off and it turned out that he was a sparky. So he went and had a look at the floodlights after they'd gone off. Referee said, don't go anywhere near the pitch, but you can have a look at the lights. Um, sadly, he wasn't able to do that either. So um, the game got called off and we were winning 2-1. At the time, with 10 men, um, we seem to like going down to 10 men and we seem to play quite well when we, when we do it. But it, it's a, a team we play quite a lot, so they know everything about us. We know everything about them. I think that they're a, they're a good team. They like to play football. Um, you know, they've got that three at the back formation. Um, the manager, you know, is pretty committed to kind of passing football and... So that kind of suits us in a way because we try and do the same. So, yeah, I, I think it will be a tough game, not least because it's on a Wednesday night and it's a far um, trip to make. So, you know, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, we're feeling pretty confident. 
Well, there's another midweek um, match coming up after that, although you won't have to make the uh, the journey. Bishops, Lydiard, Will. Now, they're second mm. to bottom at the moment, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy for you, does it? No, I actually thought they were a decent team when we played them early in the season as well. They played good football. They got a couple of really good central midfielders, very skillful. Um, <clears throat> and we were still finding our feet, really, um, at that point. And we did win the game, but I thought that they were a decent side. And... Again, it's difficult because in this league, if you play football in the summer, you're going to look quite good and you're going to have a good chance and you you might you might win a couple of games. But in the winter, if you if you're going to play football to the point where you're playing out the back all the time, you're going to make mistakes, particularly just simply because of the pitches and simply because of the weather conditions. And then you're going to come unstuck and end up losing games because you you do that. You concede an early goal, an early couple of goals. It's real difficult to come back. And I, I think that's probably an issue that they've had coming into this league, um, you know, dealing with that. And my thanks to Ryan for his time. Now, just over a mile down the road um, from Radstock uh, is West Clues, the home of Welton Rovers. The visitors were league leaders, Sherbourne Town. So you couldn't get two bigger teams almost this season um, fighting it out um, at the very, very top of the table 183 people saw this game and um well it was a late late show wasn't it tom yeah absolutely one of uh, yeah one of plenty of games this weekend that did enjoy some late drama and uh, that yeah that was that was definitely the case down there uh, a 2-1 win uh, finally or eventually for the uh, for the away side Sherborne running out victors um uh, but yeah certainly wasn't easy we did sort of preview the game last week and sort of said with them going top would that be a little bit of an extra uh, yeah, an extra stumbling block for them, but they did manage to, to pull out the victory, so fair play to them. They went ahead after about half an hour or so through Aaron White, uh, but they were then pegged back uh, with 10 minutes remaining when Will Gould drew the drew the home, home side level. Obviously, Welton, yeah, a little bit of a blip at the moment, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, they would have been pretty happy if they'd managed to, to come back and, and force a late point. Uh, but it wasn't to be. Uh, in the end, the Zebras managed to, to, to show a little bit of... a. Uh, Never say die attitude, I'd probably put it. And uh, yeah, they, they they pulled out the victory, um, securing the three points thanks to Alex Murphy's winner uh, deep into added time. So a big crowd and a big result for Sherborne. A 2-1 win for them away at Welton. And finally, in the first division, Wincanton, they took on Portishead Town. And I think it would be safely it would be safe to say that Wincanton was certainly at the races on Saturday. Yeah, back in the winner's circle. So good, good, hey. good stuff. For, for, good stuff for Wincanton. A little bit of a, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a, a strong showing for them in the first half, really, really helping them, helping them nail this victory. A uh, couple of couple of goals, and that was Jamie Thompson uh, putting them ahead in the tenth minute, thanks to a, a nutmeg finish. And then, uh, yeah, second one pretty soon after from Connor Williams, uh, he yeah converted Dan Wise's free kick to make it yeah make it two 0 and that was how it stayed. So, uh, yeah, good afternoon for for Wincanton. Yeah, they're going very well at the moment. Mm. Um, now, uh, we, we, in fact, we'll have a, we'll find out just how well they're going shortly Ooh. when we have a look at the tables. But before That's we do that... That's called a teaser. That's called a teaser, that is. It is. Yeah, we're full <laughs> of them. Um, <laughs> we'll have a look at the fixtures on Saturday, the 5th of February. And what's your pick of the pops in the Premier Division? Uh, I do like watching the top teams go up against each other. And I think we've got yeah got a pretty good one this weekend. We've got Mousel uh, hosting Bridgewater. Uh, obviously, Mousel, yeah couple of just looking well, again looking ahead at the, a little bit but the tables they've got a couple of games in hand on on the two teams that are ahead of them and if they can start picking up well continue to pick up three points should i say uh, they'll be closing that gap and uh, yeah taking on a bridgewater side who sit just two places and two points behind them 
uh, yeah, this is a this is a big one, isn't it? So uh, yeah, looking forward to to seeing how that one goes on on Saturday afternoon. And I think this will tell us a little bit about sort of Mousel's development as a Western League club because I think I'm right in saying that Bridgewater beat them earlier in the season. Uh, I stand to be corrected on that one. Um, I trust you. I think I'm right in saying that. And uh, Bridgewater, we're going to give them a real test. But Mousel, as we know, you know, we get managers on here regularly telling us that they are the best footballing side um, in the Western League. I'm not entirely sure that February is the best month to be playing football in. Perhaps it would be one is required to be a little bit more direct, maybe. But um, I think that's, that's that's going to be a fascinating game, absolutely fascinating one that we'll be really looking forward to, um, sort of seeing how that result goes. Um, if there's another game to take the interest, I think it's another sort of old versus new. Um, Clevedon Town have been going very well in the league um, recently, and they come up against Ilfracombe Town. Uh, and um, obviously after that incredibly impressive performance, it'll be interesting to see whether Ilfracombe can sort of back that up um, with um, with, a, with a good away day at Clevedon, um, where I'm sure they will be tested. Um, but yeah, fascinating, um, fascinating games in the Premier Division on um, Saturday. And uh, we'll take a look into the First Division. Tom, what games caught your eye there? Gone for Longwell Green against Warminster. Obviously, we've we touched on Warminster. Yeah, going great guns at the moment, and certainly, well, I think if you were to predict the game, you'd probably go over an away win. But yeah, Shards Road, obviously, getting some big crowds in there. New, new, new. Well, new improved arena and what have you, uh, venue. And uh, yeah, there's been some pretty pretty high scoring games since they've moved in. And both teams, uh, both teams to score would be another another way to look at it. I think uh, Longwell Green certainly capable of of, of notching a few themselves. So. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be keeping a clean sheet, but also they are capable of, of putting a few in the back of the net themselves. So I think that could be quite a high-scoring encounter, that one. Uh, long while being against Formosty, yeah, that's my, probably my pick on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think that's a good game, Tom. Um, I'm going to go for Gillingham Town against Welton Rovers. I am expecting a reaction from Welton Rovers. I don't think, a good, you know, good teams don't become bad overnight. Um, they had a difficult sort of break period out because of, you know, a variety of reasons with COVID and all the rest of it. Um, but um, um, Gillingham will give them a test. You know, I was impressed with the setup at Gillingham when I went down there earlier in the season um, with Devizes. But that's a game that Welton Rovers, I'm sure, will feel that they can win. And I think it'd be really interesting to see if by hook or by crook they can get a result. Um, Gillingham will be stiff opposition. But I think that's going to be a very interesting game um, for the um, um, for the first division this weekend. Uh, now, just before we wrap things up, Tom, we'll take a quick look at our league tables. And do you want to take us through the runners and the riders in the Premier Division? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have Tavistock still still leading the way, despite those two drop points. Uh, pretty convincing 10-point gap they've built. So they've got 57 points from 26 games. Uh, so, yeah, they are their top at the moment. But uh, a couple of, well, pretty much everyone below them. Uh, has game in hand, so at least one. So, uh, yeah, they've got the points on the board, which is always nice. Uh, but the likes of Exmouth, second spot, 23 games played, so that's three games in hand. They're on 47 points. They've then got Mausel, 21 games played on 44, so quite a considerable backlog for those two sides in comparison to Tavistock. Uh, that's the top three at the moment. And you've got a few more sides even that have reached the 40-point the margin, so it's really, yeah, it's really exciting at the top. Ilfracombe, 23 games played, 43. Bridgewater, also 23 games played on 42. And then you've got Bitterness as well, obviously having a good season. They're on uh, 40 points from their 24 games. So, uh, yeah, really is really is tight at the top. And, uh, yeah, Tavistock out at uh, well, top of the pops at the moment. 
Yeah, it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? By the time we get to the towards the end of the season, how important mm. points on the board are actually going to be if the games do start coming thick and fast and player availability becomes a factor. Uh, if we look at the bottom of the table, Bridport well adrift, they're 19th. They've got three points after 27 games. Then things are starting to look a little bit more congested. Ashton and Backwell in 18th, they've played 24, they've got 16 points. Um, just above them, Street, they've played 22, they've got 18 points. Two points above them, Cadbury Heath played 26 uh, and they've got 20 points. And then there's a five-point gap between 16th place Cadbury Heath and 15th place um, Wellington. And if we take a look at the top of the first division, um, Sherbourne there, Tom, cementing their position as our new league leaders. Absolutely, yeah. So they, uh, like like the two below them, have played 26. And they, uh, we've got Warminster then in second spot. They're on 26 games played, as I mentioned. And they're on 56 points. So one back from Sherbourne. Uh, and then you've got Welton, who are still, yeah, because of the the, uh, the amazing start they had, they've still got those points, uh, points in the bag. They're on 54 uh, from their 26 games played. So just three points covering the top three. Uh, yeah, those three are probably a little bit far ahead from from the chasing pack to, to, to for the others to have much of a chance of, of catching them. But you never know. Uh, Radstock, 27 games played there on 46, and then Wincanton. They're probably the one side that, that you could earmark for a, 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 well, a second-half turnaround. They've played 24. They've got 44 points. So a couple of games in hand for them. Uh, win those, and you never know. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the top five in, in the first division. Yeah, Wincanton do have that feel about them, I think. Mm, they do. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, looking at the bottom of the um, of the first division, Devizes Town played 26. They've got 14 points. Now a six-point gap between Devizes and Bishops Lydiard in 20th. They've played 23. They've got 20 points. And a three-point gap between them and Bristol Telephones in 19th. And they've played 24 and they've got 23 points. And then there's a bit of a, a, a gap now, seven, um, six points between Bish, uh, Bristol Telephones and Almondsbury. And, I mean, Almondsbury, again, winning at the weekend, as we discussed here. And I, I think Almondsbury doing themselves um, a, a lot of good. I, You know, I, I think that uh, you'd expect the likes of Almondsbury to be sort of moving up the table. Um, but perhaps another side could get sort of dragged in towards the bottom, but maybe it is looking a bit more like Telephones, Lydiard and Devizes um uh, at the bottom, uh, in those bottom three positions. Anyway, that is the league table at the moment. Um, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin, Tom. Where can the listeners find that? Oh, yeah. So that's on the uh, the toolstationleague.com website. Uh, if you scroll down about halfway down the homepage and then just on the left-hand side, you can click on the, uh, click on the, the link and that will take you to the latest edition. So that comes out every week. And uh, yeah, that's uh, as I say that that's can, that's on the uh, the Tool Session League website. Splendid, Tom. Thanks ever so much um, for your time, and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.